0: Shots! He's done it! Yes! 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 it! Yes. Yes. He's done it! He's done it! Oh my word! Fight disciples.
1: Welcome to podcast episode number eight hundred and six. We're the Fight Disciples, and this is your MMA review of last night. You can thank our producer, Mike, that you've got a podcast today, because as you can see, if you're watching this visually, we're a couple of states right now, Mm. and there's absolutely no chance if we'd have been left to our own devices that we'd be hitting record and making any type of content. But that is our job to do that. And our producer has dragged us out of bed to give a a full corpus mentis review of last night's action at Madison Square Garden. What a goddamn night. Listen, before we get stuck into it, all the usual C's and C's, please subscribe to the channel. You might not actually, off the back of this show, think these lads are any good. But there's been some stuff throughout the course of the week that hopefully has brought you closer uh, to New York City and UFC 295. The reason why I'm wearing sunglasses indoors is because my eyes are like piss holes in the snow. The reason all right. why he's got his hood up, Have you just, he's literally just rolled out of bed, haven't you? <laughs> Quite literally rolled out of bird, yeah. Anyway, please subscribe to the channel. You can do it via uh, our website, fightdisciples.com if you want um, an audio feed or if you want to watch this nonsense, you're more than welcome to do it on our YouTube channel. Uh, and thank you so much if you've become a Fight Disciple this week on our YouTube channel. We've seen the numbers are growing. Obviously, we've been knocking out content left, right and centre uh, from New York City. Hopefully, it's, uh, it's your thing and you keep coming back time after time because we're going to do all this again at UFC 296. Head to Las Vegas because we've got another uh, UK fighter in a world title fight in Leon Edwards. But we'll, we'll get to that in a couple of weeks time. Let's talk about the new guy. Jeez, man. In fact, I'll take him. I like Manhattan. I'll take him. Oh, you like Manhattan now, do you? I like Manhattan no, now, Because you found, yeah. you found a couple of places that might uh, be, uh, open a little later than 11 o'clock. Did you?
0: Yeah. I like Manhattan now. Do you know what? All I needed was to have a affinity with the town that went above and beyond just work to have that personal. And now Madison Square Garden will forever be known as the place where I see Tom Aspinall become the interim heavyweight in the UFC. So I will always have that moment. So the affinity now has mass- massively grown. So yeah, well done, Manhattan. Well done, New York. You've won me over. Took a couple of hits, but you've won me over. Congratulations.
1: Someplace, man. Someplace and some week. Um, we'll start with him. We have to start with him. We have to start with Tom, of course. Um, I know that you want some uh, stories of debauchery and, uh, and baby, and, baby, beginner uh, shots and, late and stuff and like that. What have you? Mm-hmm. To be honest, I can't remember most of it, so okay. i would be lying if we we'll just be sitting here making up stories. All we know is that we got in really, really late. We got up really, really early, and we're going out again as soon as this finishes. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, uh, because there's more parties to have, and obviously that plane on the way home. Uh, a little later on today, he's going to. I be remember at one point pumping.
0: down in a baby Guinness
1: and actually texting
0: my wife to see how my son's football team gone That's how early or late it was. That's how late we were. And he didn't kick off till midday. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Midday UK time. Exactly. Went to bed as Liverpool kicked off. Oh, man. But it was fun. Have
1: you, have Liverpool played.
0: Liverpool have played, yeah. They won 3 0. Oh, I missed that. yeah Yeah. I was still out.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, 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 anyway.
0: But you've got to celebrate your wins and you forget your losses. That's the that that's how this we roll? game. That's, that's this how we game. roll. That's how we roll. And you know what? A little bit of an insight here as well, because as you can imagine, I'm, I'm sure you've all seen the uh, the, the reaction cam, which producer Mike banged on. And you, the whole fight, by the way, is over. The, it's on the YouTube channel, not just the, the, the celebration moments, mate, but the whole fight. Are you, you paid attention? He's just put it at the start of the show. Oh, has he? I didn't <laughs> see that bit. Sorry. I literally rolled out of bed. Anyway, you've just seen that bit. <laughs> mega. Literally but, three minutes ago. <laughs> but that journey to getting to that point, there was some nerves, man.
1: Oh. You know? mate.
0: There was some nerves from us. Yeah. You know? You you were getting a little bit shuffling your seats. I couldn't sit down at one point, and that's just because of the obviously the relationship that we've got with Tom, which we're fortunate to have. We only consider him a fighter that we work with, a fighter that we know, but also a, a mate because we're all bought in on his journey with his dad, with his entire family, with Pre-UFC. his entire team, pre UFC, yeah, and with his former team and everything else. You know, we know what <clears throat> work he's done to get to this point. So to have this moment under the circumstances that it was two and a half weeks' notice. Let's be honest. We've seen Tom Aspinall look physically better than that, in better shape than that. But I guess when you're as quick as Tom, when you're as fast as Tom and as destructive as him, you literally can come off the couch a little bit. That's not to say he was ever out of shape. Tom doesn't get out of shape, but you know, for him under the circumstances and then afterwards when he told us he had he he pulled pulled a muscle in his back as well, you Mm -hmm. just think, wow. Set of stones on a man to step in against the, you know, the most frightening puncher in the UFC with we two weeks notice for the title and you know this game works man this is not boxing there isn't a plethora of belts in every weight division there's one belt and you know right now okay that belt's been put aside with john jones so there's one interim belt if you want the point i'm trying to make is if you lose a title fight it's very rare to have a quick turnaround and get another title fight mm. especially when the full belt's on lockdown for probably a year you've got a new interim champion he's then going to have to have two or three f- Basically, it was a big gamble for Tom to take, and it would have a defeat would have put him back at at least eighteen months, maybe even two years. So for him to make that decision just shows what his character's all about, what is what is his his approach to this game. Because I, I said it before, and I think Tom almost agreed with with me in in not so many words. Pre curtis played; he doesn't take this fight at
1: two weeks. No, notice. he said he said that to me in the week, didn't he? Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, the I think the reason for my nerves. Is because obviously we know like you just said the relationship that we've got with him and his dad um but because they're so bloody honest yeah you know they they they, they didn't bullshit us throughout the, the course of the week so away from the microphones and away from the cameras you have a little bit to sit down and he's, he's such an honest lad he said yeah i'm i'm shitting it yeah, but it is what it is you know what i mean Sometimes. Sometimes you've got to run towards the fire, aren't you? You're not going to achieve. Flights, isn't it? You're not going to achieve anything, as he said, sat on the couch at home watching That's it on TV. Line. You know, sometimes you've got to put yourself into an uncomfortable situation. You don't grow in the comfort zone, and he's absolutely taking himself to a place where the majority of us would never go. No. In the, and he's run towards the fire, and he's put it out. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I'll say it's as simple as that. It's a fucking very difficult thing to do, what he what ended up doing yesterday. But sometimes you've just got to do it. You've just got to go, are not you? And um, and to, to see him obviously achieve it and then to have that moment in one of the most iconic venues in the world with his dad, with us knowing what they've gone through. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's public, but there's also stuff that's not too public yeah. that we too- know about. And, mate, it's hard not to get chalked up. It it, it it happens every now and again, because you get close to fighters, don't you? I remember when, um, for those that watch our boxing stuff, there's a, a boxer called Anthony Crawler. And I remember his journey yeah. and getting close to Anthony during a time before he became champion. And obviously everybody knows what happened when he was on the verge of a world title shot, and then he got attacked chasing a, a neighbour's burglar. burglar and all mm-hmm. this type of thing. And we thought that maybe it was done when he achieved it, when he won in Manchester that night. Honestly, I had a lump in my throat, and I was I was on the verge of, you know, tearing up a touch. I was very similar last night, man, because yeah. of, the, of the nerves that you have all fight week. Yep. I couldn't properly, listen, it was a wonderful, wonderful main card, and we'll get stuck into it all night. Now, retrospectively, I can, I can sit back and actually enjoy that I main card. It was, yeah. But throughout the course of it, I've, n- I've never been like that on a fight night, where I'm literally shitting my pants, thinking, yeah. come on, mate. Let's get to that. Let's get that out. You kind of wanted it to be at first fight of the night. Get it out of the way. Then you can join And it. then I can kick back and, yeah. and actually enjoy the job that we do. Um and I thoroughly enjoyed the main event because of 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 Tom being uh be, being You know the what?
0: I, I struggle I struggle to remember the main events. I remember kissing your head after he'd won.
1: <laughs> no, you did it before.
0: Oh yeah, that was a lucky thing. a little, yeah. little headshine.
1: Went right, we're gonna start something new here.
0: Little kiss of the So head when you want the result
1: to go your way, you're going to kiss my bald head. <laughs> exactly, give it a little rub. Um,
0: but then I remember saying to you, oh my God, we can enjoy this now. We can enjoy the main event now. And I can't even, I remember the finish in the main event, but I can't remember the round that went before it as distinctively as you would think. Yeah. Because I was still just kind of like, I can't believe he's done it. I can't believe he's done it. Yeah. And it, that, was the, that made it a little bit weird, actually, because as you say, I've been blessed to be at a, at a few moments like that. Dodson winning the British title, Derry becoming uh, a WBU champion, and obviously the the, the, the biggest one of all, Bell becoming world champion yeah. at, at Goodison, yeah, yeah, yeah. which we were together for actually. Yeah, 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 in fact, yeah, yeah. the three of us were together for that one. Yeah. Those are moments, as you say, you're, you're bought in. These are friends, not just people you work with, not just fighters you into but <clears throat> actual close friends. You know, Bell, Bell, we had each other's wedding. We went to school together and everything else. So it does, it does run a little bit deeper. And, but all those were pinnacles, all those were headliners, all those were the main events. Mm. This was different because it was the co-main event, and then you still had the main event to follow. So,
1: And we're in America. I mean, those you yeah. just mentioned they were on, but on I hope. soil. Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: So, yeah, it was just incredible. Just incredible to, to be there, blessing to be there. So many people was, were posting on social saying, you guys are so lucky. And I was like, listen, yeah, man, yeah. I, I, I completely appreciate that. We are lucky, incredibly lucky to be here. And yes, you know, we burn a candle at both ends, but... That's, you know, that's who we are. That's who we are, man. That's how, that's, how, that's how we roll. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was just, just see, do you know, what? The, the, for me, I'll never forget the moment, not even necessarily the finish, mm. the moment after he'd done an ESPN interview and he walked around the top balcony towards us with the belt on his shoulder and then he kind of realized we were standing there and his demeanor changed and he got this big smile on his face and his eyes just lit up. And you give him a hug, and then I give him a hug, and I was just like, and it, just the, the words he said to me then, it was kind of like, you know, within this, you know what I mean? It was just a, a proper magical moment, and one of those moments that I'm blessed to sell, hmm. take to my
1: grave. And he's uh, his dad man, fucking out. Couldn't be I'm proud Choking of him, up lately. thinking about yeah. that conversation with his dad last night. Anyway, anyway, we had confidence that he could do it, yeah. A minute against the the knockout king that is Sergey uh-huh. Pavlovich. And can I just say something on Pavlovich? Yeah, we got carried away. All right. And it's our mate and he did his thing, yeah? But Sergey Pavlovich fucking impressed me all week, man. Sensational. What a bloke he is. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan now. Oh okay, there's a language barrier, I get it. And you know, you've got to, we've got to talk to him through an interpreter. But he's a phenom he's he's like he's basically the Russian Tom. Yeah. That's Kind of the vibe that I was getting off him. He's, you know, a proper martial artist. He's a dedicated athlete. He's very humble and courteous. And you just think to yourself, oh, you kind of don't want him to get beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those types of dudes. But someone, you know, someone's got to be the hammer, someone's got to be the nail. And I've said it all week. Those two guys will fight again at some point. And I, yeah. was, I even said this to Team Aspinall last night. And I said, listen, next time it might not go your way because that dude's a sensationally talented fella. He's got, thunder in his fists yeah and he's he seems the type of dude to go away dust himself off maybe make a little adjustment and he'll come back and i'm i'm, I'm confident that at some point serga pavlovich will be the heavyweight champion and he's going to have some type of dynasty with Tom. that's not the last time that we're going to see those two guys have a dance together no but position, precision beats power
0: and time and beat speed. All right, McGregor. <laughs> you're right. You are right, but you, 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 you never know. You can't... Yeah, listen. Well, I know what you're saying because Sergei is such a it's strong athlete. He so will good. rise to the top of the chasing pack once more. I completely agree with that. I think he's still at the top of the chasing pack. But does he Does he beat a Tom Aspinall? You know, let's get high. We, we got high last night and I refuse to come back down from the clouds. Tom doesn't move like any of these guys. Tom creates angles that these guys don't create. They're not fundamentally taught to be this big, this fast, this mm. free-footed. And that's what Tom proved last night. Yeah, Serge, I clipped him. He hit him with two shots, and Tom clearly felt it. And then, you know, he nearly his gum shield nearly came out of his mouth. <laughs> Get a better gum shield. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Or maybe he just tip, whacked him that hard. Yeah, But it was just, once Tom switched on, it was like, right, that was Serge. Because Tom started really well. A couple of nice little low kicks, mm. which is Tom's forte. And he was like, you know what? And they had a bit of a response. I'm not surprised, man. You're fucking massive. And you're kicking away at someone's calves. and then. But when Pavlovich went, he, it's not like he didn't have a go. It's not like he didn't have his moments. Pavlovich went, through two shots, caught Tom on the chin. Tom took a step back, pushed his gum shield back in. And obviously, in that moment, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, shit. What's the reaction going to be? Tom took it like a jump. That chin is not that big for no reason. He can take a shot, can Tom? But then it just felt like, Tom, go now. What's Tom, how's Tom going to go? And when Tom wins, instead of throwing straight shots like Pavlovich did, it was that step to the side to create the angle, yeah. then the right hand and left hook. Boom, top of the temple, Pavlovich's left is to jelly. He starts falling backwards, and then, you know, that's like that's like blood to a shark, and you know, it's a red rag, to a bull, to Tom. Mm. As soon as he started wobbling, Tom Aspinall pounced on him, just like Pavlovich
1: would have pounced on Tom. Yeah. If Tom would have got wobbled off yeah. his two shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What next? We're in a weird situation, aren't we? Because we've got... Yeah. Uh, Heavyweight champion in John Jones, and let's not forget about that. I know we, we can get giddy. He's out for a period of time. Is John? You've got Tom now as the interim. Realistically, champion. you're
0: looking at a year, aren't you?
1: For John Jones, that's you what are saying. Yeah. I'd say I, I said New this. York next November could be John Jones's. Yeah, listen, comeback I said, fight. Well, I, I said to um, I said to Andy Aspinall last night. I said I was confident that if Jones and Stipe would have fought at Madison Square Garden, they would both call time walk away into the sunset and let the new generation then move this game forward in 2024. Yes. Listen, I don't know the ins and outs of John Jones. I've met him a few times. And he seems to be a guy that is driven. And this is a good thing. This is not a, This is not being, being derogatory. He seems to be driven by that ego a little bit. You know what I mean? Of course. There's a lot Accomplishments. of... Accomplishments, legacy. legacy. It's going to be massive. The chat on Tom Aspinall is going to be massive. You've just taken out Sergei Pavlovich, just over a minute. Madison Square Garden. The pump is on in it everybody was going wild for him last night in in the city yeah that type of performance might just be enough to give john jones a hard-on and go you cheeky bastards right i'm going to show you yeah it might it might be i'm not 100 confident in that but it just might be yeah well listen i was talking to a couple of our colleagues
0: over at espn who do this this similar job that we do for tnt a couple of the backroom team people who we know i'm very respectful of and I said, listen, we've just done a review show for TNT. I think we got carried away. But me, Adam and Mike and the crew, our crew, are adamant that Tom versus John is bigger than John versus Stipe. Yeah, It is. How do you feel? Yeah. And I expected them to go, all right, boys, calm down. Stepe, John's the legacy fight. Tom's new on the block. But in fact, to a man, every single one of the American ESPN team went, yeah, you're right. You are right, because Stipe's been out for so long. Of course, he's the most successful heavyweight in UFC history. I get it. But fucking Fedor Emelianenko used to be the greatest heavyweight of all time. The sport moves on. Mm. Time moves on. You can't sit on the bench for three years and still carry the mantle of, well, I I defended the belt more than anybody, so I deserved the big opportunities. If Stipe waits for John November 2024 for that legacy fight, that big fight that we all thought we wanted to see, then Stipe would have been about for four years at that point. For me, the fight to make now is right. John's going to be out for nine months minimum. The title can't sit still. Tom Aspinall versus Stipe Miocic set you up with that super fight, right? OK, John, you're back now. It's the new kid on the block, or it's the greatest. Because you can't allow the greatest heavyweight to just sit out and let the sport pass and by just because you want a legacy fight with John Jones. The fight still makes sense, because if Tom beats Stipe, then You're fighting the better guy anyway. You're fighting the guy that beat the guy. And okay, Stipe will still have the title of the most successful heavyweight of all time for now because that's his title. But you can't just sit him on the bench. What if John just runs through him and goes, right, I'm retiring now. What does that do for the UFC? This is like boxing type of decisions. This is not how the sport is built. This is not how it's become so successful. And I think a performance like that from Tom Aspinall, conclusive 60-odd seconds knockout of the biggest puncher in the division, that is a big enough performance, a big enough event to then go right, we need to reevaluate this heavyweight division because Agreed. we can't let Stipe sit on the bench and wait for John Jones for a year and expect this the new champion to take on, you know, your mm-hmm. Shittle Guns, your taitu Two your Derek Lewis's and everybody else. With all due respect to all those guys, there's got to be one champ each weight division. And if John Jones is unavailable, who's the next guy? If Stipe's the guy, Stipe's the guy.
1: I'm just trying to think of shows next year of how this might play out, right? Because UFC 300, the hot ticket and the hot rumor is that it is Connor Chandler, right? As your main event. So that's going to be a non-title fight. Yeah. So if that's true, then an interim heavyweight title as its core main event kind of sits nicely because you can't have title fights really above a non-title fight. I know it's Connor and it's massive. Yeah. But you've you've got to think of how this is all going to play out from a a logistical point of view. UFC 300, if Conor and Chandler's the main event, could you do Tom versus Stipe as the co-main event? Yeah. Could you do that? We've also, listen, the way that next year is going to play out, it's highly likely that a UK card is going to be pushed later on in the year. So our annual March event might not necessarily take place. It might be a little later on in the year. And if that is the case, then there's an opportunity there as well to bring your champion home and defend on the champions. Yeah, you could do, you could do a double. Um, well, at least one of them is gonna, you would think be on the British card. Um, and then as you've just rightfully said, I would say John's this time next year is, is realistic because you've got to, you've got to understand, right? That's a big injury, proper injury. It's gonna take time to heal properly, then he's gotta go and train to get himself effort. back back yeah. in back in self uh for for, a, for competition. We also don't know whether they want these athletes want to do these things. Yeah. So there's an opportunity, I think, next year for Tom to fight three times. I know he wants activity, I know he wants to be doing his thing. I think minimum twice next year. And for me, I think the path would be ideally steeper than Jones. I can't see that. What I can see is Cyril Gann. Yeah, I can see that. I can see Cyr- mm-hmm. Cyril Gann next for, for Tom. In the UK. Yeah, on that British card. Wow. And then the winner of that, getting their shot at the full title against uh, against John Jones. And in the interim, what I would say is that they will probably make their legacy fight still with Jones and Stepe. Yeah, but that means that you're potentially not fighting John Jones for 18 months from now. I think that's going to be the case. Well,
0: Tom's not going to, sit, not going to just No, no, fight. no, that's what he's I mean. He's going to have to have three or four fights then.
1: In an 18-month period, so Tom Aspore's
0: got... not having one fight with Cyril Gann, is he? He's going to have three or four fights. Well, hang on, We're at the end sharp, of the year
1: No, it's not 18 months, we? are at the end of the year now. So he's only going to fight
0: once in 2024 against Cyril Gann, that's what Twice?
1: I mean. Well, he's going to fight John
0: Jones as well. But John Jones is going to come Look back at and fight the... Listen, I'm with you. Are you curbing Stipe? No,
1: what I'm saying. Did you not listen to what I just said? I, I am. Well, your timeline's all wrong. No, it's not. I have said. Ideally, it'd be great if he could do three, so he could do a march, he could do a middle of the year, and then he could do the end of the year. Yes, right for, for, for Tom for Tom. So you're looking at Stepe Gan and Jones in in. Oh some right, okay. form. I thought you were talking about Stepe fighting Jones. So you're scrapping oh, yeah, that, the Stepe no, Jones no, fight. That, what I that's my ideal. I don't think it's going to be that way. No, I think that they will probably keep that legacy fight on. Hopefully, they don't. Hopefully, that performance at the weekend—they yeah. go. Hang on a minute, we yeah. have to somehow get to a point where Tom Aspinall is going to fight John Jones, the best against the best. That's what we've got to do. But you've got to fully appreciate Tom Aspinall can't sit from now till next year waiting for John Jones. Yeah. So I think it'll be something like a Cyril Gan. Yeah. And then, I mean, the best scenario is to. For him to fight Stipe, of course and it is then to fight john jones that's uh, the best scenario 100 percent. but i don't know if that'll
0: play out otherwise if they let stipe wait for john jones then he ain't gonna fight the winner of that if they if there even is a winner of that to fight mm. and they don't retire mm. until 2025 and that's unacceptable in this sport that's just not the way the sport has been so successful and the way it's been built so loads of big conversations gonna have to go on with dana and the matchmaking team and
1: everybody else in las vegas but they'll get it right man I hope so. No, I think they will I hope so because, you know. You've got to respect legends. You've got to respect John and Stipe for all the things that they've done because we criticise it all the time, don't we, that they just get cast aside, they don't get a good send-off and all this type of stuff. Yeah. But those athletes as well have got to play the game too. Absolutely. So hopefully they all play the game. We all get on the same uh, path. There's going to be a few quid for everybody involved in it, no doubt. And I think every single fan's going to be uh, thrilled at the uh, the heavyweight division over the next 12 months. This time next year, we could be back at Madison Square Garden for Tom Asmol versus John Jones. That would be, I hope so. That would be outstanding. I right? hope so, yeah. I think that's the way they should go. Yes. <clears throat> um, main event. <laughs> wow. Yuri um, Prohachka and uh, Alex Pereira. What an achievement for Alex Pereira, obviously, to to win become a two-weight world champion in 24 months. Just to put that into perspective, um, and I said this on the TV last night, when Conor McGregor did it, and that, if you remember that rise, it was fast from debut to two-weight world champion when he did it here in Madison Square Garden beating Eddie Alvarez. I think that works out at something like 43 months or something like that. Okay. So Alex Pereira's done it in half the time. Yeah. From, Is it from debut to this point? I know. Listen. He's in the you know Connor
0: was Connor would argue he's in the fraction of the money I would agree yeah, with that. Yeah, of course, of but course. The rise hasn't been anywhere near as big, but the achievements cannot be overstated. It cannot be overstated what Alex Pereira has done. Yeah. In just, you know, six UFC fights or whatever it is, seven UFC fights and 11 professional fights period. It's been nothing short of remarkable. And when you look at the careers of someone like Abisman, who's campaigned and fought his entire life in this sport, and the longevity that he's had, to, he's had to produce just to stick around long enough to get his opportunity and to become a world champion. He is, you know, that, that's the journey of most mixed martial artists. And so most of these guys will be in this sport for, you know, for for years and never even get a sniff. Like, the likes of Jim Miller, he's had more UFC fights than anybody else. Never really had a sniff of a title fight. Um, so for Alex to come in, make the impact he had. Yes, the rise was built on his rivalry with Adesanya. So that meant that his rise was quicker than most. Mm. But when he got there, he beat Adesanya. So the achievement was phenomenal. And okay, he got the loss, and then he's moved up to light heavyweights. He's had one win over a light heavyweight, and then opportunities kind of fell from him again. With, with Yeri being out, the belt moved on. Then Yamal got injured, so the belt moved on again. So the opportunity, you know, the, the MMA gods, the cards he's been dealt, Alex Pereira, have allowed him, so have these great opportunities, but there's one thing: Got to take getting them, the opportunities, you. it's taking them. Yeah, yeah. And he's took them. He's absolutely took them with, but he's grabbed it with both hands. And he's a two-weight UFC champion after 11 fights, built on the back of mm. a Hall of Fame career in Glory kickboxing. If he's not one of the greatest fighters yeah. in in modern society, yeah, yeah, then I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what is. And guess what? He's not stopping yet. It's not stopping no. anytime soon what is coming next for him he's phenomenal he's a phenomenal phenomenal fighter yeah he is and he does it all with a a, a heart rate of about 12 beats a minute <laughs>
1: he's,
0: he's just so cool so calm yeah. so collected it's frightening
1: um <clears throat> just on y- jiri prohachka um i'm delighted that he put to bed uh because the immediate aftermath i mean cage side in the crowd social media everybody's, Everywhere. Talking, everybody's talking about the stoppage yeah yeah they're all saying oh that's a it's title fight it's a little bit too too early in one of you um i was happy with it especially watching we were, the
0: we were let's be honest we were dumbfounded in the moments because it happened so quickly we were like what's just happened because there's no kill shots there's no one shot where you go boom no. quick stop the fight and, and it was an unusual ma- fall the manner in which he fell, you didn't know whether whether alex had bumped him with his hips yeah. or Yeri had grabbed his hips and pulled put, tried to pull him into his guard but in reality and as the replay shows and mm-hmm. as the referee mark goddard he would, listen we'll be honest he's a yeah. friend of ours so yeah. we're always going to give mark the benefit of the doubt but you don't need to because on the replay you can see that it's Yeary being on unconscious is why he falls forward and he pulls alex with him mark was closer than anybody mm-hmm. mark's seen it yeah. but you're right had
1: it not been for the post-fight oh, interview with chaos, Yeri, mark would have got the blame for the early stoppage yeah it'd have been chaos um and that just is testament to Yuri prachka he's he's a proper dude proper yeah. dude and in doing that not only does he obviously uh legitimize what mark did he legitimizes what alex did yeah and correct he, he gives alex the props th- hang on me and you, we went in to this fight together. You came out on top. This is your moment. Have it. Right? I'm going to go. I love that post-fight speech. The way he said, listen, I've got to, I've got some stuff to work on. I'm going to go away. I'm going to work. I didn't think this, this was going to happen. I will be back. Fitter, stronger, better. And he will. There's no doubt about that. I thought he looked a little bit more unusual than he normally does last night. Yeah. At and obviously that, we talked about Ring Rust, didn't we? Um, and him being out 15 months with the, off the back of that shoulder injury. I thought he... Uh, those leg kicks early doors he looked like he was really suffering with them yeah he was yeah um and that offset listen he's got an offset rhythm anyway but that offset him even more which it, it, it became an not an awkward watch an unusual watch for from from his point of view but you can't take anywhere anything away from alex because he's a fucking sniper in it sits waits doesn't get put off waits for you to make a mistake and then he and then he just detonates
0: yeah it's just so accurate and so sharp and he wastes very little that he must be incredibly difficult to fight. And, you know, we've seen Yiri pull people into his kind of fight before. He likes he likes to get up close. He likes to throw big shots. He likes to throw spinning elbows. He likes to go to war. He likes to mix it up on the ground as well. And even though he had those opportunities, there was no big moment really where you thought, Yiri's getting control of this fight now. Yes, he led the dance. Yes, he probably threw more shots and he orchestrated a takedown at one point. But you always felt like Alex was in control. And he could take the power. I mean, you yeah. cracked him a couple of times clean. He did, yeah. He seemed to ride it he, relatively well. He's, that, well that's that's why he's, you know, he's got that Easter Egg Island big head <laughs> kind of persona because he can take a shot and a half. Can like Alex Pereira and I was just so impressed with him. Don't get me wrong; I was still scraping myself off the ceiling from Som's achievements moments before, but I just remember looking at Alex, thinking, "Wow, man, you must be so difficult to face." Because don't ever play cards with Alex Pereira. He's got one a hell of a poker face, and I just thought that He stayed calm
1: on the bottom as well. Yeah, when Yeri was on top of him, he, sees, he You know,
0: the shots were raining in, but he stayed calm. I think a lot of people are blown away by Yeri's unorthodox nature, and what you had with Alex is unorthodox on your feet, mate. I'm fucking Hall of Fame mm. kickboxer. Mm. I've seen every fucking style, and mm. I've dealt with every style, and that's how it proved in there as well. He was, he was calmness personified, and when this moment came, he pulled the trigger. Yeah. Um,
1: all knockout finishes on the main card. Which was your favourite finish, other than Tom? Benoit Saint Denis. He? He's a dude, any he, man. He is a frightening super fan. Frightening super fan. fan. We we obviously spent a little bit of time with him this week. He's a very cool, calm, collected character. Yeah. Um, but he's stone cold man. When he when he's in that octagon, he is stone cold, and I love his post fight speech. You know, you've got future Hall of has sat on the bloody fr- front and second row yeah. and he's just looked at them all you, and goes, you, yeah. you, you, you and you I'm coming for you my time, let's go Yeah. and every one of them went you cheeky bastard yeah, you exactly. are listen can you imagine him and Gaethje him and Gaethje for the BMF belt would be absolutely sensational
0: absolutely sensational and you know there's not a Frenchman Um, this side of Paris that wouldn't sell his own grandmother to be at that fight. And that's what he's got behind him. He's got this entire nation behind him, and that's so exciting. But he backs it up. Yeah, of course. Listen, I'm not big on the French, but I am now because (laughs) Benoit Saint-Denis is the man, the absolute man. Mm. So, you know, croissants, bagels. I've gone gone full Teddy Atlas here, haven't I? I'm just playing on the person. I love Paris. I love what's happening with MMA in France. And guess what? You thought it was going to be Cyril Gann. I think Benoit, and then he's going to be the first French
1: UFC champion. He's got a good chance, man. Don't underestimate what he did against Matt Fravola. That's a guy that doesn't lose in his home city. A guy yeah. that's on a hot streak. He's knocking fellas Was. out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Benoit Saint Denis, um, I thought he dealt with good grappling exchanges uh, yesterday, and he's the way that he shuts distance. The way that he moves laterally and cuts off the cage. Really, really, it's really the full package. Really, top stuff, and then. To to have the awareness to to throw that kick, that head kick and and, and take uh Matt Fravola out in the way that he did was just savage. I think he must have hurt Matt, he must have hurt
0: him in the clinch, he must have hurt him with one of the shots he landed, he must have hurt him with the grappling exchanges. Because for me, for almost running away from the action to get himself to a breather, you know. Himself, yeah. Let me let me fucking get over here a second, just get my head back on my shoulders for a minute. And as he runs away, lifts his chin up in the air. And Benoit's just waiting for that moment. Bump. You know, we've seen bigger head kicks. Leon's shin to chin. Holly Holm's shin to chin. Those were one-kick knockouts. This was more like the, his toe hit him on the cheek. But, I think listen. it
1: was across the top of the
0: head. It was like up there, wasn't it, yeah, on the top yeah, yeah, yeah. of it? But it was it didn't look like you know it wasn't like a, oh my god it's landed it's over but the reaction yeah, yeah, yeah the way he went down you know it was a little bit more anthony petter like Do you, you henderson
1: in, in here do you remember when kevin lee did that to uh, gregor gillespie yes it reminded me a little bit of that he yeah just cracked him beautifully and tumbled him very exciting um Addition to the contenders at one five five Benoit Saint-Denis, it's gonna be really interesting to see what they, I mean. He even mentioned Islam Makachev, didn't he? But I think Gecchi or a Poirier, those type of guys, man. These are you from a Gamrot, you know? Yeah, that's a technically that's technically a brilliant fight. Yeah, yeah. All those fights savage. make sense. All those fights make sense. Um I liked uh, Jessica Andrade and Mackenzie Dern as a fight. Um Andrade was very impressive. Andrade was very impressive. You got to uh, listen. We got to remember, she has lost three on the spin. She's been finished three times, two subs and a knockout. That takes a lot of mental fortitude. She's had a lot of personal trauma as well, like yeah. going on with uh, relationships and stuff like this. So for her to make the walk last night, different didn't have the address and all that type of yeah. stuff, didn't we? So maybe obviously she's just realigned herself outside the cage. Um well, that's how you do it. You and then yeah, and then to stay patient in in that fight because she, she, I thought she was struggling to touch with distance because Mackenzie's massive, isn't she? Compared to her, she's only five foot one, is, it? is Jessica Andrade. She struggled a little bit with distance, but then that patience of, of waiting for Mackenzie to make the mistakes. And Mackenzie was full of mistakes last night with all due respect, especially from a striking point of view. She was falling over her feet a little bit. She was rushing it a touch. She was leading with her hands and not her feet. And Jessica was just savvy enough to say, All right, you're doing that, you're right. I'll sit here and I'll sit, yeah, I'll like wait it. for you, yeah, and then I'm going to be precise. Throw through the and up. she was precise and she didn't get dragged into you know grappling exchanges once she'd put Mackenzie down because you know you could fall, fall into a triangle or an armbar or something like that. And she's a capable grappler herself, but she didn't want none of that business. She went, no, no man, we'll do this on the feet. I'm going to take you out. So I'm delighted for Jessica Andrade that she got that victory. It's going to be interesting to see what Mackenzie Dern does next because that's a big defeat.
0: Yeah, it's a big defeat with a new team, mm. you know, and that was that was something that was spoken about backstage last night as well. That her striking seems to have gone backwards a little bit, uh, and I agree with that. I started the fight, she looked great. She was nice and sharp. She was using her jab well. She was using her reach advantage. But once she started to tire a little bit... and she started chasing it, she did. She started falling over the front foot. She started looking to land big shots rather than letting them happen, and that all comes down to a lack of experience. You know, this is a, she's a an elite, elite Brazilian jiu jitsu black belt, multiple time ADC champion, world champion. You name it. One of the most decorated jiu jitsu players we've ever seen in the UFC. So it's always going to take time to get your hands to catch up. But I mentioned it last night as well. She just reminds me a bit of Ronda Rousey now. She's kind of like, oh, I know to throw hands. Hmm. yeah but don't forget who you are and what you are Hmm. and when you get tired you've got to use your hands you've got to use your striking to set up takedowns trips you name it because you've still got to get back to your wheelhouse and trying to engage with Jessica Andrade in a boxing match was incredibly naive Um, and once she got as I say once she got tired she started flailing a little bit leaving her chin in the air throwing wild shots and you could see then boop
1: Jessica Andrade's eyes just lit up. She was like, "Right, this is my moment. Yeah, let's go." Uh, Diego Lopez won as the best haircut in the UFC, uh, but he's also slowly becoming everybody's favorite fighter. He burst onto the scene against web fell short, took that last minute, didn't he, to obviously save a card, uh, and and he's had a. Then he beat Terence McKinney, mate, and then he's had a good couple of wins, and yeah. he's been all week again. There's a language barrier; I get it, but you could just feel the energy off the fellow, and you think, "Yeah, man." I'm all in in on your ride. Obviously, the UFC are all in on the ride as well because they uh, put him at the start of uh, the pay-per-view in America, kicking off the main card. Uh, Pat Sabatini is absolutely no joke, and Diego Lopez dealt with him, dealt with him in sensational fashion. Um, Yeah. Again, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him, man. Well, that's what you do with a grappler.
0: You know, Sabatini's a grappler. That's his, that's. His well, they both role, are, almost. aren't they?
1: They both supposed it was supposed to be a well, grappler. You, you grappler can't heavy. call Diego Lopez a grappler. <laughs> not now, now after
0: that performance. Yeah, yeah. But Sabatini's a, a a grappler in that. Yes, he's a mixed martial artist, but when you start cracking a grappler on the chin, a wrestler on the chin, then they don't know how to react because that's not that's not how they've grown up as as martial artists. That's not their original thing. So. Once he hit Sabatini clean Sabatini, you could see the fear in his eyes and mm. and it was almost like a fight or flight reaction where he started like shelling up and 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 trying to back away and as soon as he did that, Diego Lopez was like, "I've got you motherfucker, you're getting it yeah, yeah. and he just smashed him into the fence sensational finish and and that was a massive moment because earlier the prelims. Other, than, oh, a one other than a fight of the year contender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The feel the prelims, the early prelims were great. Yeah. Fight of the year contender. And then we had a couple of points decisions where we were we a bit like, on the spin oh, dude, Well, yeah. this is getting a bit of a hard watch now. Yeah. So it was a lot of pressure on Lopez and Sabatini to deliver, and Lopez absolutely delivered. Slava claws against Nazim. Has to talk be spoken about, doesn't it? Yeah. Sadakov versus Borshev. Absolutely sensational. A clinic from Borshev for a round and a half. He looked unbelievable, and Sadakov, who's this riding this crest of a yeah. wave, looked like he was like, "Wait a minute, this—I'm—I'm I'm from Brooklyn. I'm based here. The fans are here for me. This isn't supposed to be happening." Especially because Borshev, he, he kind of—he fights like he's scared. Do you know what I mean? He's got this weird demeanor about him where he's like, "Oh my," you know, oh, I'm "just gotta survive this moment." And meanwhile, he's like... just racking up points. Yeah, yeah. For a minute and a half, he was brilliant. And then Sadakov landed a big shot. What a, on Sadakov, though, he's got he some, took, well, he's got some he took fucking some, whiskers, isn't yeah, he? Mate, he took some shots. He took some shots. He rode the storm. Mm. <clears throat> but he knew when I land, I'll get a reaction. Unlike when you're landing, yeah. I'm, I'm still walking forward. And when he did land, Borshev got dropped. He pounced on him, mm. raining down elbows, blood everywhere. <clears throat> he just about manages to get to the end of the second round, doesn't he, Borshev? And we're like, 10, 8 rounds. So, you know. You know, it, it's so all long. to play for. It's all and then somehow Borshev comes out have on the drink? third have a drink? and puts a clinic on again. <laughs> it was great.
1: <laughs> Mate, it was... It, it, I've, absolutely no. I've, this is another thing as well. If you ever listen to us talk boxing and MMA, when judges get it absolutely horrifically wrong, when referees get it horrifically wrong, we're all as fans, are Apparently aren't that did happen in the UK at the weekend as well, on Saturday night. Last haven't night. I watched yeah, any yeah, boxing. Yeah, yeah. No. I haven't watched any boxing, so I'll catch up with that on the plane on the way on. But we're, we're, we're first on, aren't we? We're, we're, we're all over people and we say, ah, da, 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 da. no, man, we've got to commend um, the officiating at the uh, UFC 295. I know that people might disagree with the Mark Goddard stoppage of the main event, but, but Yulipakska <laughs> has come out and he said, no, man, it's absolutely bang on. Uh, and when you watch it actual properly, it was a bang on stoppage. What do you want to see? You want to see someone getting carried out on a blooming stretcher? Yeah, no, man, his job is to obviously protect the fighters at all times. Yuri Pirachki gets to uh, live to fight another day. And the scoring in this particular fight uh, between Sadikov uh, and Borishev, I thought was absolutely bang on. It's what I wanted to see yeah. in the Hamza Chimaev and Kamaru Usman Correct. Uh, contest a couple of weeks ago. We did have one bad card, though, um, in the Tabitha Ritchie fight. She oh, my kid. God, yeah.
0: She Holy she... shit, that she... was the
1: worst card. All... Bloody they give her, hell. They gave her a 30-27, didn't that they? That was absolutely horrific.
0: I've got no idea what that judge was watching. Yeah, I've only imagined the scorecard was upside down and back to
1: front. But I think we, we had 29-28. Um, it was easy to score, dude. To Loopy Lupe, Lupe Godinus. But to go 30-27 in nah. favour of Tabitha Richie. You, you, you must have got fucking no. fighters mixed up. Yeah. There's no way that you could have done that. No, absolutely not.
0: Uh, before we wrap up, I want to say, Janet Gordon, what a guy. Incredible. What a guy. And he and
1: what, the way the way he
0: fought, mate. Delivered. He told a story inside the octagon as well, a story that he, he told us earlier in the week that he was, you know, he he's gone from Hedowin. shooting up shooting up heroin in the in the basement underneath in the in the station underneath mm. Madison Square Garden, Penn State Penn uh Penn and, Station. You're, yeah, you were there, right. yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> uh, to then Tim's life round coming back and now, you know, featuring on a UFC card and winning with a sensational first round knockout against Mark Madsen. He rode the storm in that fight as well. Madsen uh, grappled him, used his skills, and Jared didn't didn't panic. And when the opportunity came, absolutely nailed him. A little, little right up, right hook, right up against the fence. Madsen bodied did a little skip, hit the floor, bump, reins in the ground a pound. Sensational.
1: I I hope he gets. <coughs> what he wants and what he deserves now I mean he's got a lovely demeanor about him as Jared Gordon we we chatted to him extensively about various bits and bats he he holds no animosity towards anybody um certain things might not have gone his way in the octagon obviously had the Bobby Green fight where he got knocked out off a, a head clash headbutt, whatever you want to call it he got a you know a raw one against Paddy we you know we spoke about that extensively on this particular show he deserves a little bit of a rub the green Listen, it wasn't rubber the green last night. He absolutely he took, took his. It. He took his chance. Yeah. I just thought now they give him a matchup that he wants, and uh, hopefully uh, propels him uh, further forward. Because dudes like that are, uh, uh, in my opinion, poster people mm-hmm. uh, for the sport of MMA. It can save lives, and it is absolutely doing that for people like uh, uh, Jared Gordon. Uh, all in all, decent week, mate. Yeah,
0: it's
1: been a decent it's week. New York City, incredible. Um, where dreams are made and dreams were absolutely made uh, for every single UK uh, fight fan two world champions at once two guys holding UFC gold at the same time from uh, from UK soil and who knows when the next one's coming um we're in for a we're in for one hell of a ride in 2024 and we've also Obviously, got another title fight to speak about in a couple of weeks' time when Leon Edwards will be in Las Vegas headlining against Corby Covington. Thoroughly looking forward to that. Paddy's back as well. Ian Gary's on that card, who's also started a little bit of needle with Leon. Fucking hell, mate. We're up. Tony Ferguson's on there too, doing mountain runs with bloody Goggins. It's going to be a chaotic week, that. Um, so, if... You, you only you only come for the big ones make sure you're back uh, for UFC 296 second week of December should be an absolute uh, firecracker we are now going to uh, stop this show um and probably I need a head of the dog bad and probably going I don't think that part is finished I don't think it's finished all right okay so we'll uh head back um we won't be posting it because we don't want to get uh we, we don't want you to think ill of us all right <laughs> <laughs> people can't think any load of us yeah, i know i know i know, I know. <laughs> uh but thank you very much for uh, tuning into all the stuff that we've created this week hopefully you've enjoyed it uh this is going to be the format going forward uh for fight weeks uh, so long may that continue up oh, to tom aspinall congratulations to him interim heavyweight world champion please subscribe to the channel you can do it uh, via our website FightDisciples.com. And it's also available on youtube if you prefer to watch your podcasts fight disciples is what you're looking for from the concrete jungle we'll catch you next time
0: fight disciples